Welcome to Have a Listen, the podcast. Now here are your hosts, Lewis and Gibby. What's going on, people? It's your boy, Lewis. What's up, guys? It's your boy, Gibby. And the song today is Hurt by Johnny Cash. Johnny. Because it just seems like uh, everybody's getting hurt. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. It's not healthy. It's not good. No pun. All right. So we got a pretty good show today. You got me, Gibby, just like every week. Yeah. (laughs) And then we also have a special guest. Namita NN Stats. She's going to come in and uh, take me and Gibby to school, teach us something because we're pretty dumb. Kick us up with some stats. Yeah. So mm, I wanted to open up with we've seen a pretty good uh, amount of hockey so far. And, uh, you know, we're, we, we kind of see what the Habs are becoming. They're getting their identity now. If you're coaching against these guys, what would be your team's game plan if you're the opposing coach? If I was the coach playing against the Habs, um, honestly, I would just 100%, I would be playing the dump deep into the zone and put pressure on the D-men to make mistakes. Um, As we've seen, the D-men have been shaky at times. I think if we keep penetrating their defense and, well, the Habs' defense, yeah. and get to a young, inexperienced goalie in Lindgren right now, obviously, um, I think the Habs, they're not very, they're not well known for scoring a plethora, a plethora. 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 <laughs> they usually, whenever we win games, it's usually 3 2, 3 1, 2 1, 1 0. Yeah. Low scoring games, whatever the. Well, we did, uh, you know, go through that little period where we were scoring like five, those shootout games. You know, it was just like you know, two in a row. We're like, yes, this is the Habs. That's that's (laughs) like one or two games. I'm talking in the bigger picture. You don't score as many. So I think if you can pop in two, three goals against the Habs within the first two periods, I think you're looking all right. Because then you have the Habs uh, crawling back. So that's my game plan as a coach against them. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Clog the neutral zone, uh, chip the puck in deep, forechecked hard. Uh, I, the one thing I noticed about the Habs is we're still struggling to clear the puck out clean. Yeah. I, I find that we do get pinned in our zone a lot. Um, I find a lot of teams now are starting to slow us up in the neutral zone uh, when we're skating the puck in, right? And they're forcing us to dump it in. Which, in my opinion, is our weakness. You know, playing yeah. down low is our weakness. I find that it's just a wasted play. We dump it in. It doesn't seem like guys are retrieving the puck. I mean, once in a while it does happen. Of course, the hockey game is long, but I still think that that's our weakness. Uh, but I think we are just like your shinny soccer team, a counterattacking team, <laughs> which we're not. <laughs> right? We are a counterattacking team. I, that's what I feel like we are. Uh, we defend well. And then we hit teams with speed on the counter, right? I still feel like we're a little bit weak. Uh, We do cycle the puck sometimes, but I don't feel like we're finding the openings when we do. Mm -hmm. Um, I still think this team needs more offense and a puck-moving D-man. I mean, we do. There's work to do here. It's not all bad. There's work to do here. This is what I want. I want 
Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Oliver Ekman Larson. You get these two guys and it's all over. Dude, all right. You're gonna have to give up everything <laughs> for them. I know, I know, no, but still, you know, think I still think we are too easy to play against right now. We need to be tougher on teams. We need to establish the cycle, pound the body, get to the net. I mean, it does sound a little cliche, but I'll tell you one thing. It's glass half full for me. Not half empty. It's half full for me. Okay. Okay. Is that, is that fair? That's fair. Life's not fair. Uh, <laughs> okay. So in, in your opinion... Oh, sorry. <laughs> That's the wrong question. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Are you all right, man? Yeah. Okay. You got a little coffee uh, in you. Now you're flying. Yeah, I in. know, right? That coffee got me a little half hopped up. Uh, and also, I didn't print out my notes today. I'm running off the phone because we're running tight schedule. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, what is the true identity of the Habs? What is the true identity? Honestly, man, I, I don't see a true identity on this team right now. I really don't. No? No, I don't. <laughs> um, we have young players. Like, we have the pieces, the puzzle pieces. But I, I just feel like there's guys still on the team that, the coaches don't really have a role for them and don't really know what to do with them. Like, look at Galchenyuk. You have a guy who, yeah, now he's on. He's finally seems to slowly starting to find a role. But before, he was jumping all over the place. He was going, they put him on wing. I still think he can perform at center, but whatever. Um, played him on the fourth line. Like, he's been bouncing around and hasn't been given the ability to get comfortable and find his consistency and find the success at the consistent level mm-hmm. um i don't know we're kind of in in limbo right now like mediocre defense and offense yeah that just can't find to seem well can't <laughs> seem to find consistency <laughs> in their game can't find to seem to seem to find like the skills there we have like like we have guys like lekanen who's going to be his future star we have guys like Druan. we have galchenyuk whatever we have Houdon. i like Houdon too Houdon I, I feel well, like he's yeah. we, we, he's like, we, gonna break out we have all the puzzle pieces that we like. We just got to put them together. We got to find a try to find a way and try to get it to to mend in inside. Like it's like putting you know when you used to smash the puzzle pieces in, even though the, it wasn't the right piece. <laughs> you just gotta <laughs> find a way to just get yeah, it in there. You knew it wasn't the right piece, but you made it. You made it fit. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we gotta do. We just gotta try <laughs> to make it fit. That's all we gotta do. That's, I think that's what the coach is trying to do, really. Because listen, this is how I view it this is a defensive team still mm-hmm. we're playing a defensive style of hockey it's an upgrade from you know the system that michelle terrien was playing for sure but i think i believe we are a worse team with a better coach playing in a better system that's what i believe yeah and i put the blame really on mark bergevin he dropped the ball the defense is not better than last year that is very clear right no now. they're a lot okay weirder. the offense is similar to last year Shades of great. It's similar better. to last year, okay? But this is a tongue twister. The lack of offense on defense is affecting the offense. I don't get it. <laughs> so you're the lack of offense on defense is affecting so the, the offense. Being able to move the puck. Yeah, exactly, yeah, for okay. sure. Yeah, okay. that's, that's evident. All right, and as of now, I, I don't think this team is good enough. I do think they're good enough to squeak in, but right now it's up to the coach. I, th- well, from now until 
deadline time. It's up to the coach to really assess what we have. We can't let ourselves get into too deep of a hole, and uh, we have to add some pieces. I, I still think we're only a couple pieces away from being a contender, mm-hmm. but right now, still some stuff missing. Yeah, and we've seen enough to assess yeah. Right. We've seen enough. I've seen gr- good things, great things. And then I've seen some bad things. Terrible. Things. And that's Carl Alsner. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's he's that bad. Paul Mara. He, he overpaid. <laughs> like, God. Oh, man. <sighs> anyway, so talking about bad things, <laughs> uh, the disappointment that is Jeff Petrie. OK. Mm-hmm. Are we expecting too much or is he just not that good? Dude, I don't get it. Like, I really don't. Like, did this guy, like, in the off season, did he bang his head against the wall? Like, was, like I said in, uh, um, ah, uh, what's uh, it called? Ah, uh, 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 Bob. Give, <laughs> give you a tweet or give you, give, give you a, a fag. <laughs> yeah. Like, you don't even know your own segment, bro? <laughs> like, what, 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 like, like, did he bump his head and, like, I don't know. He, he has so many <laughs> brain farts. He, it's flashes like he has flashes of being a good defenseman and yeah. then all of a sudden he's just absolutely terrible and he does things that like not even a double A player is taught to like they they're taught not to do and he's doing him um i don't know i just think he he needs the proper partner he needs uh obviously our Alsner that hasn't been fitting um maybe with Schlemko whenever he returns he can help him out he can fi- help him find his game again cuz when Petrie is on he looks pretty good and again, you just got to find that consistency. Yeah. I mean, the most frustrating thing about Petrie is that he'll come out, have a great shift, maybe even score a nice goal, but then come out and make just a complete bonehead mistake. Yeah. I mean, just like the whole fan base, I'm growing impatient with this guy. Mm-hmm. Last year, Emelin was a scapegoat, okay? I'll give that to him. Yeah. Right? This year, Alsner can kind of be his scapegoat because Alsner just sucks. <laughs> but eventually, you have to take accountability for your actions, and he just simply hasn't been good enough. Mm-hmm. I know this guy can be a second-pairing NHLer, right? Yeah. But maybe the pressure of having to be the number one puck-moving slash passing slash offensive D-man, maybe that's too much for him because that's, I think, what we're expecting him to be, mm-hmm. right? Another thing is, is he's making a lot of mistakes in his own end. So I don't know, maybe because we're expecting him to be a little more offensive, he, he's becoming worse defensively, but it's not like he's that good offensively. So really, I prefer that he just be good defensively. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, I'd rather him just stick to the game. Yeah. And just then eventually find the offense yeah, once right? he gets the but, defense But down. maybe that's maybe it's just he hasn't found a role. Maybe the coach wants him to play a role that he – it's just hasn't played, and he's he's not used to having all that pressure, right? Which goes back to the identity. I thing. said, too, like when Subban was here. I love Subban. Subban was great here, but I still thought that he he couldn't be the number one guy on a team. He's doing so good in Nashville, but he doesn't have to be the number one guy. No, and uh, he, it, he's like a supporting pass player, right? So, so. Petrie needs help. Like mentally? I issue a wake-up <laughs> call to Jeff Petrie. Wake the F up, Jeffrey. Wake up, Wake boy. up. All right. Oh, man, Jeff Petrie. What a disappointment. All right, another thing that I see just, wow, this is ridiculous, and it just happens a lot. Poor Max Pacioretty. Does he not get the respect 
He deserves respect. He deserves. Okay. I think the Habs Habs fans are just uh, they're so I don't know they're so they're they're so critical and they nitpick all the time. Like when a player struggles, they they get bombarded by the media and the fan scrutiny. I for one, yeah, okay, I'll admit I was frustrated with him in the beginning because the guy was a ghost. Like when he wasn't when he when he's not putting pucks in the back of the net, he's a ghost. But at the end of the day, glass half full. He's a proven goal scorer. Yeah, who glass scored? Full. Who scored thirty plus goals in four years? <laughs> What's up? Sorry, no, you right? said glass half full. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you like that? And he's amongst the top five in top in five v five scoring next to guys like Ovechkin, which obviously Ovechkin's the guy who's a goal scorer. Um, so. I think he deserves a little bit more respect. Respect. More than he has had. But I think when he does struggle, which I'm sure he's going to struggle in his Habs career again, it's just what it is. Yeah, he's streaky. A lot of goal scorers are. He needs to help out in other ways. Small things. Get the team going like on the bench. Do something. Get a Wait, bit he physical. He does a lot outside. Get, he's, yeah. he's, he does he, uh, you know, community stuff, hospital stuff. He does a lot of stuff. He's a capitan, <laughs> man. He's Get a bit doing. physical. Show something to avoid <laughs> the media him. from criticizing. That, that's, you know? I guess I get what you mean in this kind of market. You feel like you should just you know do something more. Right? But I don't know. He yeah. is who he is. My answer is... No, he does not get the respect he deserves. Okay, give the man his props. Okay, we know what he is. We know what he's done and continues to do. What else do you want, people? Yeah. This guy has done nothing but produce at $4.5 million a year. Yes, $4.5 million a year. I repeat, $4.5 million a year. Plakanich is making $6 million. What? A year. What? If you want a whipping boy, there he is. Carl Alsner, JDLR, Tori Mitchell, Jeff Petrie. There's plenty of guys out there that you can rag on. But the captain has done nothing but step up, and he's back to being himself. I agree. If the Habs fans have any type of decency, okay, give the man his respect he deserves. For Christ's sakes. Respect. He scored 35-plus <laughs> goals with David DeHarnay and Philip Deneau as his centerman. Yeah, that's so weird. He he doesn't... Do, do you know how hard that is? <laughs> he doesn't do very well with, like... He's like adapted. A like, like, a guy like Drouin, he doesn't... He has he didn't really do that. I know, like but he just adapted. Size, he adapted. Like he had to for us. The smaller, shitty guys, he, like, he does well with it. It's weird. He adapted. Little Davey, he, he adapted for us. He did it. Yeah. Leave the captain alone, man. He's done nothing but good for good. this team and for this franchise. Yes. Okay. All right. So going back to the last game, overtime decisions again. Are mm-hmm. the coaches' methods a proven failure? Um, honestly, man, I wouldn't say they're failing because, like, we won last Saturday in OT with Patches when Patches yeah. scored that yeah. goal. Um, but I do think we need to have a set two-line system. I mean, it's tough because there's so much ice to cover now, now that it's three-on-three. Three and So game styles and tactics, in my opinion, are 
probably just t- they're they're tough to follow and they're kind of just thrown out the window. Um, and three on three is just so back and forth, so it's tough to to kind of kind of set like a game plan for three on three, and it yeah. rarely happens, right? Yeah, yeah. I like when you're starting the overtime. I like starting the with two D and a forward. You shut down their top line. They throw us. They throw at us, and then perhaps throw at a more offensive minded line. Yeah. Like, like I have, I have some suggestions. Here's my suggestions. Let me know. What okay, you think, coach. Okay? okay, put me in, coach. Uh, <laughs> th- first, first line. You start. You start off with Drouin, Weber, Petrie. They have the. You have two guys who can play can play D well when Petrie's on, obviously. Um, and then you get you have Drouin with the skill, and you get Drouin the puck with those two guys. Then you put out a you put out a line like Galchenyuk, Gallagher with. Mete or when Schlemko returns and he does well, not returns when he actually plays. Um, you have Galchenyuk and Chucky, or Galli and Chucky. <laughs> Galchenyuk <laughs> and himself, their, he doesn't need nobody. With their previous <laughs> chemistry that they've had, and then you have a guy like Mete who's known for his speed, and you can get him to work the puck around, and he's a, he's a future forward, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you have, like, a guy like Shlemko as well who can... Well, we don't know what the hell Shlemko yeah. could do. We don't know well, nothing about Shlemko. Known, he's known for his speed, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I don't know. We don't know. We don't know nothing. Allegedly. <laughs> Pro sports. Shlemko's like Dr. Dre's album, you know, that one that, like, is <laughs> supposed to come out but never came out and then finally came out. Wasn't yeah, even wasn't that bad. good. It was okay. <laughs> It's okay. So, um, yeah, I don't know, man. Okay, uh, we're two and two using Claude Julian's strategy. Mm-hmm. But I think that, obviously, the more skilled teams have taken advantage of this strategy. And I know that he puts Placanich out there because he's our best face-off guy. I get that. Yeah, whatever. whatever. But I don't like it. Chucky and Drew Ann cannot wait two shifts to get on. They are most talented, most creative players. They need to see the ice. They do. Okay? My suggestions are go with three lines. You're going to start off with Chucky, Drewen, and Weber. You got Mm -hmm. all the offensive ability out there, and you have Shea Weber. Okay? Then you got Deneau, Patches, Petrie. Okay. All right? You got Deneau and Patches. They got their chemistry. You got Petrie as the D-man there. And then I go with Shaw, Galley, and Morrow or Mete Davidson, one of those three, mm-hmm. whoever, you know, is, has got the hot hand. Nobody yeah. else sees the ice, in, in my opinion. I really like those three lines. That's what I would hope to see. I, I don't mm-hmm. like the strategy. I think it needs to be redesigned. It's not about defense. It's about putting your best players out there and scoring a goal. I do see what the coach was trying, and we spoke about this before. Mm-hmm. I see what he was trying to do, but now I've seen enough. I think it's time for a change. Yeah. Well, three on three was introduced to try to start more offense, correct? Yeah, so of course. Why are you going to try to pl- why are you going to counteract that and play defensively? Yeah, exactly. Just go no, all out by exactly. Get out there. I un- and, and I like they spoke about on TSN six ninety about why don't they like throw Placanich out there, win the face off, then hop right off and Drew and hops on. Why not? You can do that too. You pass it back, let Weber come. Boom. Drew and comes joins the rush. Yeah. You could do that too. I understand about possession, but no. Let's get our stars out there. It looks bad when you lose a game and our guys haven't even touched the ice. Yeah. Okay. Okay, man. Okay. All right. Jacob De La Rose. <laughs> mm-hmm. What do you see in him? 
I still, I'm not giving up on him. I still see him becoming a top nine forward. He's only 22, and I don't think we hit the panic button just yet. Might be a late bloomer. Might be a late bloomer. <laughs> um, just like, like uh, all of our prospects. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, he's like that kid in grade 11, that was a kid in grade 10 that was 5'3", and then uh, saw... Summer passes, and then you see him in grade 11, and the kid's, uh, he's 5'11", all of a sudden. He's <laughs> a late bloomer, okay? Um, and he grew a mustache. Yeah, and he has a beard. A full blonde beard. one. <laughs> you can only see it up close. You can't see it. <laughs> so, I don't know. I don't want to make this the mistake of trading him, and it turns out to be a stud, like Sven. Andregetto Alphagetti. There you go. Um... <laughs> He's a big boy. He's 6'3", 210 pounds. Uh, I think he needs to be a little bit more physical and use that big body more. Mm-hmm. He has speed. He has skill. He's just got to start showcasing it a bit more. Um, He's on the fourth line, so you don't really get to see him much. So I wouldn't mind seeing him move up on the, the depth yeah, chart. Yeah, but he hasn't earned it. Yeah, but I, I would like to... Give him a shot? No, give him a he shot. hasn't earned it. I think the coach is, is more than happy keeping him on the fourth line because he's, he's good defensively, and I feel like that's the role that he's he just doesn't want to make mistakes. So I feel like he's playing too careful. He's not taking risks. That's what I feel about JDLR. And, dude, did you see that the other day? He had a glorious opportunity to Took score, to bro. What are you doing? Bobrovsky. What are you doing? Bobby. I would have even scored that goal. No. Yes, because Maybe I panic. Like off your leg you know or me. I panic like crazy. As soon as the puck's on my stick, bam, I'm shooting. I'm going five hole. Mm-hmm. But you're gonna. What probably end up happening with you is you'd probably shoot, hit the post, it'd go off your head and in. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> you know, like I don't know, man. It's just. It's uh, pro I, sports. I, I've seen decent things out of him, but eh, I'm just. I'm not. He doesn't impress me. It don't, don't impress me much. much. That was good, man. Yeah, we could we can introduce a segment like that too, maybe one day. <laughs> what's with your segment? I don't adding? know, man. Whatever, bro. Just keep it spicy. You never know what's coming. All right, and Alish Hemsky seems like he's getting uh, healthy. Yeah, Waivers yeah. or give him another try. <laughs> Wave his ass. I'm, I'm no like, I'm like, why not just you know, insert him? Just you know? wave his ass. We have no need for him. Yeah, I guess. It's, uh, it's a Mark Bergeron move that didn't pan out. Thought uh, thought it would, thought it would pan out. I thought it was going to be a little bit of a like a Radulov low risk signing. Obviously not to that extent, but I like our squad right now, and I don't want to change too much. Keep the chemistry flow and let the chemistry flow and uh, pack your bags, uh, Mister Alesh. Thanks for the pack your bag, pack your shit, bud. Thanks, thanks for nothing, and you're take heading your, to the take K. your one mil and eat a. You're heading to the dick. K. Eat a dick. Whoa. As in Richard, Richard's yeah. hot dog stand. Yeah, visit Richard's <laughs> hot dog stands. Uh, Eat a dick dog. Canadian town. <laughs> uh, all right. What do you think? Do you think you wave him or what? I uh, I say, uh, yeah, probably. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. It is what it is. It is what it is. I don't care. Pro sports, pro sports. Yeah. Pro sports. Okay. So uh, moving on to have a prediction. Will we see a new overtime starting lineup? No. Nope. I don't see it. Nah. I don't see an OT change because uh, they play their chances. We lose. We still get a point. 
I don't see it happening. We get a point and risk the other point with our lineup. It sucks to see. If we win, it's an extra point. Bonus for us. But those lost points in the end will haunt you at yes, the end they of will. the season. Yeah, Remember that. I agree. I want to switch it up, but Claude Julian's the coach, not I, Rabbi. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you. The coach, he has his strategy. He's 2-2 two and two right now. I mean, I think if we lose a couple more, maybe you see something change. But it seems like this coach is pretty set with this strategy. Mm-hmm. So I think it will take a car crash before we take it to the mechanic. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You like that one? Nice little. You like that? Yeah, it was good. Okay, good. Happy good that stuff. You, I'm happy that you like it. And then another prediction. When does Carrie Price come back? <laughs> when? Carrie. And if ever. <laughs> oh, come on. Career ender. <laughs> Uh, knock on wood. Um, I think Carrie misses another two weeks. Wow. Yeah. There's an underlying injury. But it's not serious. Yeah, it's never serious. They always say it's never serious, but it's it always seems to be serious all of a sudden. Like, when was it? Two, what was it? Three seasons ago? Four seasons ago when he missed majority of the season? Mm-hmm. It started off. It wasn't serious. But then all of a sudden, it just kept prolonging and prolonging. And then all of a sudden, no, we're just going to shut him down for the year. There's no use in bringing him back. We're already out of a playoff spot. Just tell us what it is. I hate this whole... There, there's got to be different rules in the NA... Like how the NFL has very in-depth injury... Um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Help me out. Um, injury reports? There you go. Injury reports. <laughs> Like lower body injury. Okay. Your lower body can be anything. You can stub a toe. It's a lower body injury, but you can also have your dick cut off. That's a lower body injury. Like be specific, man. I'm sick and tired of lower body injury, upper body injury. Like NHL needs to change that. I know. I know. It's, I agree with you. It's, it's a bunch of nonsense. And to tell you the truth, blasphemy. it's a weird situation. The way they've handled it. It hasn't helped anything, man. It really hasn't. I truly don't know what to believe. Is it psychological? Does he truly have an injury? I don't understand. The secrecy, it's been a mess. And I'm getting a bad taste in my mouth over this. I really am. This ma- I, like I'm getting a bad taste in my mouth over the way this management regime handles things. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Right? Just like from the treatment of all of our young talent to the destruction of the blue line... And dating back to the last trade deadline, it's feeling like the ship is starting to sink. I swear. I'm not saying it is, but this situation doesn't help. And I feel like we're losing. The management team is losing the fans. There's holes in, th- there's holes in the boat. And uh, it's either the holes are going to get bigger because of the pressure of the water. Or we're going to clog up the or boat with a puck moving defenseman. <laughs> with uh, some, some rubber. Uh, some with rubber. Oliver Ekman Larson. With a cork. Cork it in, and we're just going to go with it with uh, new players. That's what's going to happen. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, Okay, (laughs) so now I'm going to connect with our guest, Namita, who's going to take us to school. You ready, Gibbs? It's been a while. Haven't been to school in a while. Yeah, I know. It's weird. (laughs) In West Philadelphia, born and raised on the playground is where I spend most of my days. All right, next we have our guest, Namita Nandakumar. She's a writer for The Athletic Philly 
and Hockey Graphs, and you can find her at NN Stats on Twitter. Namita, how are you? Pretty good. Thanks for having me. No problem. Thank you for doing this. I'm Lewis, and how's it going? I'm Gibby. <laughs> <laughs> Can't forget him. He's my right hand. <laughs> so you're here. You're gonna school us today because you know we're just like basic hockey fans, basic <laughs> have fans, trying to understand the new world of analytics. Sounds good. Where do you want to start? <laughs> so I'm gonna start with a question, easy question, or sure. yeah, maybe it's easy for you, not easy for <laughs> us. Uh, how important are analytics in hockey? Uh, so that's a that's a fun question because the answer in short is that it depends. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of the work that I do is sort of geared toward teams who are trying to make better decisions right. in terms of who they're drafting, who they're trading for, stuff like that. Uh, but in terms of, you know, the, the casual fan, um, the answer that I would say is that, you know, you could spend your entire life without caring about analytics and just be like, I want the Habs to win, or in my case, I want the Flyers to win. And like, yeah. that is totally valid. Mm -hmm. um, but the cool thing about analytics is that it can, in a lot of ways, give you a sense of what to expect from your team moving forward. Mm -hmm. So yeah. you can start to get at questions like, is my team actually playing well or are they just lucky? Or the flip side, uh, which I think is more relevant for the Habs, like are they maybe getting unlucky or are there some issues that they really need to take care of? Yeah. Um, and so that's very helpful just in terms of how you watch the game and how you perceive it. Um, and, it and if you just want to learn more about hockey, um, I think it's a, a great area. Um, there's a lot of different types of subjects. You know, like I have a particular fondness for draft analytics, but people do a lot of great on ice stuff or, or forecasting contracts. It's just like, I feel like it's one of those things where even if you don't look at everything, there's probably some subject out there that like really would fascinate you. And it's definitely worth taking a look. Yeah. No, I mean, I just remember when there were simpler times. <laughs> I yeah. You know, watching <laughs> hockey, you didn't have, have to think about, oh, how many shots or what are your percentages here, shooting percentage. Like, I remember simpler times where we just watched, did we win, did we lose, right? And <laughs> yeah, and in some sense, you know, I, I, I still do that a, a lot of times when I watch the Flyers, for example. It's just like, man, I just really want my team to win. Uh, but especially when you're looking back, when you're analyzing the season or, and looking forward, um you start to rely on some of those um, metrics to get a more complete picture. Yeah, of course. No, and I think it's a great tool. I feel like everybody should be using it. And I feel like RGM, Mark Bergevin, he he doesn't – I don't think he uses it enough. <laughs> it really, he does. He's way too old school. you got to get with the times. This stuff really does help. You can't yeah. ignore that. And the point that I always try to make uh, is that – it doesn't have to be in opposition to your scouts or various people who are analyzing it from the quote unquote eye test perspective of just watching a lot of games. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of it works like very well together. Um, and from my perspective, uh, what I try to do is like, I consider everything to be really good data. Mm -hmm. So that includes like numbers, like junior league point production, stuff like that. But that also includes like, just if a scout, said something about like, oh, I think these types of players might be undervalued or, or this should be looked at more closely. And then what I do is, is I try to go and, and find numbers or ways that I can try to analyze that more quantitatively and see if it still holds up. Mm -hmm. So it's like you can use like all the information available to you. Um, and, and like I said, get a more complete picture. Right. Gotcha. 
So, in your opinion, what are the most important stats to look at? Sure. So, um, from a fan perspective, I would say, um, you know, obviously some of the more, I guess, well-known ones include, you know, Corsi and Fenwick. Yeah. Um, in particular with Corsi. Corsi. that is... <laughs> that's the one. <laughs> I have actually not said that word in quite a while. And the reason is, the reason is, is because I always say shot attempts. Uh-huh. Because when people say something like Corsi, like sometimes the knee-jerk reaction is like, what, what is that? I don't know what that is. But shot attempts, like everyone wants to get pucks on the net, right? Yeah, that's, yes. that sounds better to me. Yeah. Less confusing. <laughs> yeah, so I always call it shot attempts. Um, and looking at basically, you know, what, what proportion of the shots um, when you're on the ice are for your team or the other team, stuff like that. Um, and obviously it's not perfect. I think you can point, poke a lot of holes in it, but it's a good um measure of just trying to get at that very basic question of who's driving play who has more possession um and then you know the natural thing that people always try to point to is shot quality right Mm -hmm. so they'll be like okay if you get a lot of shots but they're um not very from not very good locations on the ice like you shouldn't get um you know points for that or whatever but and so actually uh what's a lot of people maybe don't know as well is that um analysts have tried to um, include that in their models. And these are what's known as expected goals models. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they weight shots basically by the probability that they would result in a goal. So if you have shots, uh, you know, closer to the net um, in more favorable areas, those are weighted more favorably. And then so if you look at expected goals um, for and against, you can see that just a measure of based on the shots that you're taking and how many and where they are, uh, what we would expect um, from your team in terms of what proportion of the goals uh, would be for your team versus against your team. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that is a great stat to look at, um, to get at that question that I mentioned before of like, is my team good or lucky? Or is my team bad or unlucky? Right. And the Habs are just unlucky, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, give us some good news, please. Uh, well, actually, right? yeah. Yeah, I mean, so, well, well, first of all, I would just say, like, ride Charlie Lindgren for all he's worth, right? <laughs> yeah, um, seriously. But, but um, it, they do have favorable uh, expected goals numbers among uh, some of the really good teams in the league, um, but they have a low save percentage, a low shooting percentage, um, and that has contributed to basically the not-so-favorable results. Mm -hmm. Um, And so what I think you can take away from that, um, more so than just the obvious, like, fix the goaltending, is that, you know, on the offensive side, you don't necessarily have to, like, blow up everything and, like, mix up all the lines and, and try to just, like, start from scratch. Because they're doing a lot of good things in terms of possession, uh, but you know, for one reason or another, it's not resulting as in maybe as many goals as you might expect. Yeah, unfortunately, just <laughs> small little tinkers. Then, <laughs> all right. So we know the Habs are not the best, and we know the Flyers are not the best. <laughs> but <laughs> from an analytic standpoint, who is the most complete team you think in the league right now? Who's the best? Well. I so I would say that there are a couple teams. Um, it's not that the Leafs, right? It is not. The okay, Leafs. Good. <laughs> okay, good. We're, we're good then. All right. Uh, yeah, um, I'm not going to mention 
Canadian, other Canadian teams, no. Um, but there are a couple teams that grade out really well in things like expected goals um, and have also just probably, if you've watched them, you would agree with that as well. Um, I would say Columbus and San Jose um, are two oh. teams that, um, you know, are doing well in the standings right now and also uh, grayed out well in a lot of these advanced metrics, have had solid goaltending, have great players. Um, and so what those, like, in addition to what you see when you're like, oh, Columbus looks good out there, um, I think the underlying metrics tell you that uh, it's a relatively sustainable thing, whereas um, metrics for teams like, like, it would be, I think, less likely for a team like Tampa mm -hmm. to sustain their like crazy, amazing run so far than it would be for a team like Columbus to sustain their just like very good, very solid play. Ah, um, gotcha. Okay, that so makes you're, sense. You're, so <laughs> you're just based on your stats, then I guess you're expecting Tampa to kind of sizzle. And so they are expected, I would say, to regress a little bit. And yeah. uh, the thing with that is like they're not going to suddenly become an average team. It's just that, you know, I would say that maybe their results are relatively more unsustainable than the teams that I mentioned. Yeah. Oh, okay. But they're still going to be a good so team. So there's a chance sure. we can okay. catch them is what you're saying, right? <laughs> yeah. The Habs can still win the Atlantic, right? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's that's good news. That's, that's pretty much why I asked the question. That's what I wanted to hear. <laughs> okay, so I know you're based out of the Philly area. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, in the past, there were trade talks involving Claude Giroux. Oh, man. And he's off <laughs> to a pretty good start this season. Uh, do you see him getting traded at all, or is he part of this uh, Flyers core group? Uh, I think it would take a pretty insane package for the Flyers to consider it at this point, uh, which is why <sighs> I think it's particularly unlikely. Um, he also, I think, has... A I'm pretty sure he has like a no movement clause or something. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, but, but it's Giroux, Montreal, right? <laughs> like, come on. It's a oh, he's, he's a Philly guy now. <laughs> now but um, I think actually the one thing that I will say about this, um, in addition to just like, you know, it's tough to see what would be a good fit and, and who would be willing to give up a lot of prospects and things like that, is that for the Flyers right now, their results have been like – primarily driven by their top line of Drew, Couturier, Voracek. Mm -hmm. um, and then their, like, fourth line is playing pretty good, despite, you know, not playing that much because it's a fourth line. Um, and then that's kind of about it in terms of, like, the good news on the offensive side for the Flyers. <laughs> yeah. So they're they're really relying on on Drew, Couturier, Voracek. So, um, and, and in particular, Drew and Voracek are having these, like uh, – very good bounce back years it would seem so yeah far. definitely uh, and like couturier is finally starting to show like uh some of the offensive production that um i think they were eventually hoping for from him so uh so those guys in particular like those are our guys that we feel good about whereas i think there's there's room for improvement in other areas what so, about uh, shane gosses be here <laughs> um yeah i mean he's doing pretty well as well he's uh, racking up a lot of points although uh many of those points i think are secondary assists so yeah. that's another uh you know analytical thing right um yeah the primary and secondary the yeah. primary um is more repeatable um and so you know that that's a that's a way that a lot of 
projects in terms of analytics or setup are is trying to find stats that are particular re- particularly repeatable across seasons mm-hmm. uh, because the idea is like if this stat like makes you look really good or if it's a stat that's trying to tell you like who are the good players um you should have a sense of consistency there right like it should tell you like year after year that someone like um i guess i'll say crosby even though i hate saying it but (laughs) it should tell you that someone like crosby is is good um year after year uh maybe not this year as much yeah yeah, but you know what i mean old right now so and the the finding with that is basically that secondary assists aren't quite as repeatable um as primary points goals and and primary assists Mm -hmm. um so so that is the one thing but you know he is racking up those points he is uh uh playing decently um he did get uh concussed i believe um for a couple games but uh but he's back the flyers were hit with some injuries um pretty unfortunately like there was a time where like ghost was out gudis was out uh andrew mcdonald is still out and you know whatever you think about his play he can you know play minutes for you um in the nhl so there there was like one game where the flyers defense was basically like Ivan Provorov, and then like no one else you would have ever. Seen <laughs> yeah, I've seen, was... I've seen some of your tweets about that. <laughs> I've seen some of your tweets where he was the only guy. Really yeah, funny. so it was a little, <laughs> little bit scary. I mean, he is he's incredible, you know, um, in the way that he prepares for games. So he he was racking up a lot of those minutes and handling it decently well. But obviously, it's not something you want for your you know twenty year old D man to play like thirty minutes a night. So, yeah. uh, but now that we got Ghost back. Uh, and stuff like that that's uh improving a little bit yeah, he's on hopefully. my fantasy team so i know he's back right <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. yeah so flyers kind of a middle of a pack team right now do they got yep. enough to make it to the playoffs oh i think they could probably squeeze into the playoffs i think that's like always my expectation yeah, right of course as a fan you gotta say yeah is that a fan opinion or is that an analytic opinion there now <laughs> well i think uh I think it's an opinion that's based less on my belief in the Flyers and more in the fact that every year, like, more than half of the teams make the playoffs. So, yeah, like, yeah. you know, it's it's not even this, like, great um, or, or, like, super incredible accomplishment half the time. Like, if you just sneak into that last wildcard spot and then lose in the first round, which is what the Flyers did a couple years ago. Um, but I, I would sort of assume either that or finishing just outside of playoff contention like they did last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, I don't have particularly high hopes for them like i think if they did make the playoffs they would probably lose in the first round um (laughs) (laughs) not if they had michael layton remember that run with michael layton (laughs) we ran into the flyers they kicked us out yes what a throwback yeah that's terrible i remember that man they just (laughs) we couldn't score on michael layton (laughs) he was amazing where is he now (laughs) he was part of some trade recently i think yeah actually i I do think he was part of a trade i did see his name pop up somewhere yeah it it wasn't enough for me to look twice but i see his name somewhere Probably not a not a blockbuster. Movie, <laughs> yeah, no, not, not a chance. <laughs> Just a little throw in. Yeah. Uh, okay, so playoffs start tomorrow. Habs versus Flyers, first round. Who's gonna win that series? And I think uh, I think Lindgren could probably steal it. Oh, for you guys. really? Wow. <laughs> 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 not just saying that uh, to get uh, some extra <laughs> points from from your fans, but oh, uh, but a genuine. I mean, it's been 
that's a that's an incredible story i mean whatever happens next like that is really impressive what he's been able to do so far yeah he's been good he's been good i like the kid but i'm not ready to give up on pricey (laughs) oh really i'm not no not yet there's been some uh well i I don't know how credible this is, but some people are talking about trades, but obviously yeah, he can stop no. that. We're yeah. dramatic fans, you know? No, we're dramatic. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I mean, I, I do hope he uh, bounces back. I mean, you never like to see uh, see someone uh, decline like that. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, he will. He will. <laughs> Good to know. So what do you think? Who would win, Habs versus the Flyers? <sighs> I think... Um, you know, we haven't played each other, and I don't see us uh, playing each other for a while. I don't think until the new year. Yeah, we, we don't have any don't have any prior expectations. To yeah, I was hoping of. that we had a game close because we were going to make a bet because I knew that you were coming <laughs> on. So I said, maybe we'll make like a little friendly bet or something. Right? All right, yeah. All right. Next. Yeah. Next time they play, we can make a bet. Yeah. Um, genuinely, um, I think it would be. An interesting match. I I might. I know you still... want to say flyers. I know. Yeah, you we, we won't. Flyers. We won't be hurt. It's okay. I th- I'm trying to. I'm trying to be like very very analytical. Right. Uh-huh. I'm taking you guys to school, so okay, I, I yeah, might genuinely. Right. <laughs> I might genuinely give uh, the Habs the edge if they can if they receive solid goaltending. Mm-hmm. Just because I think that, uh, like I said, with the Flyers, I still see a lot of room for improvement um, in everything aside from like the top line and the fourth line, really. So. Um, you know, like we've have we have some young guys on defense and uh, like uh, Robert Haig, and he's been sort of maybe a little underwhelming. So, and and this is probably a thing of like I'm watching the Flyers all the time and I see all their mistakes. Mm-hmm. So they're like, I'm like, oh, how how would they uh, win a series? But <laughs> you know, like, um, I might I might give the edge to you guys, although. Uh, if you stay unlucky, then then the Flyers could easily yeah easily. No, I hear you. I I, I just I don't know what to think either. I think it'd be it's fifty fifty. It could be anybody. Yeah. yeah. I'll wait until I watch the first game, the first matchup <laughs> we have against each other. Yeah. Then we'll kind of get a better. Uh, yeah. Picture. And actually, on on that point, um, so one of the things I have been participating in is like a prediction contest on uh, Corsica hockey. If you guys have ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I, I dabble. <laughs> and uh so we it's like a, a lot of different people trying to make prediction models for nhl games all oh, right um, yeah i do see it a lot on twitter yeah and stuff. so um so i've been participating in that and like it, it just really like hammers home the idea that like hockey in a lot of ways is so random right mm-hmm. like it's it's really it's pretty rare to get games that you would uh that are sort of more lopsided than let's say 60 40 and like sixty forty is still pretty like yeah pretty close to a coin flip yeah, yeah so uh, so yeah I mean that is the cool thing is like any given night right it's, most teams yeah, can it's true and with me and Gibby actually we do something called weekly sports picks <laughs> yeah. so we pick hockey games I'm seven and five and he's nine and three so yeah, I'm, wow I'm, I'm I'm the best I'm I the best. I actually used to be good in the off season when we were picking not hockey but. I'm uh, actually I'm eight and zero oh in the last four weeks. So yeah, I'm you, a, you've I'm, been you're on fire. Wow. I'm, a big, I'm a big deal. <laughs> Maybe I'll fire. include your predictions in my next. Model. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so I'm sure as sports fans, you know, we have huge difference in opinions, but I know one thing we definitely had in common was we both had a chance to cheer for Roy Halladay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So 
I guess Gibby has some questions you wanted to ask. Yeah. You about so Roy. obviously, yeah, obviously mm-hmm. we've we've heard the news about the unfortunate Roy Holiday passing. Um, everyone spoke so highly of him, and you saw him on and off the field. He was just such a gentleman. So, what made Roy Holiday so likable around the league, in your opinion? Yeah, I mean, it's a really multifaceted question. I think the the quote that really uh, comes to mind is, I can't remember who said this, but uh, someone tweeted, I think, that uh, Roy Halladay was your favorite baseball player's favorite baseball player. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's really so true. I mean, it, and it's kind of incredible, just like no one around the league, you know, can find anything to say against him, even, even obviously before his passing. And I think it comes down to literally just uh, his work ethic more so than uh, anyone else was just unbelievable. And, um, you know, there are all these kind of great stories of when people would first meet him and like maybe they'd be getting into the clubhouse in the morning and he would like already be done his workout because he would get there at like 4 or 5 a.m. and Mm -hmm. and just be working out and, uh, you know, putting in the hours before anyone else. Um, And then, you know, he was such a dominant pitcher um, for many years, but he never really sought out that kind of like individual acclaim. And, you know, I hesitate to say that because, you know, I think it's okay to seek out kind of um, or, or have, like a personality and you know one like I think that um it's good to have players um in the league who have like fun personalities and all that um and he he did have a a pretty decent sense of humor and all that but I think what really stuck with people is that he was always just so obviously a team player Mm -hmm. um and one thing that really comes to mind is that you know after his uh perfect game after his no hitter like if you would ask him or even see like how he was celebrating like he just wanted to give so much credit to Carlos Ruiz Chooch his catcher for yeah. for for those games um and you know and and he was a really great mentor to a lot of younger players even uh even like Cole Hamels who um had won a um won a world series in Philly before Roy Halladay even came right so you say like oh what does he need mentoring for he already won the biggest prize um but but he speaks so highly of of the way that you know Halladay was able to teach him so many things um so yeah it just you know from all accounts it just seems like he was a really really great person and uh will definitely be missed by many yeah yeah it's it was really sad uh hearing the news just uh, just a shocker Really, yeah. really was a shocker. Um, okay, so yeah, I, that's all the time we got today, Namita. Uh, thank you so much for taking us to school. Thank you so yeah. much for being on the show. <laughs> I'm no still problem. a little confused, but <laughs> it's all we're good. getting there. We're getting yeah. there. We're getting slow and steady, right? <laughs> well, at least right. we know the Leafs aren't the best team in the league, yeah. right? What did you? I'll learn? give you guys some homework for. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, thank you again so much, and we look forward to having you on again, definitely. All right, so thanks to Namita for uh, taking us to school. Man, she's smart. Goddamn. <laughs> she's so smart. Uh, I got to pick was up awesome. a book. <laughs> yeah, so we got to start reading, right? Yeah. No, nah, you know, I've always understood, like, not understood, but I get it. Yeah, and I know that analytics are just such an important part. And it's, it's becoming more and more important, and they're using it a lot more now, right? Exactly. There's trends in the analytic aspect of Exactly. Hockey. I sound smart right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm exactly. Thank you, Namita. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, 
All right, so moving on. Hab a prediction we did. Yeah, <laughs> keep going, bud. So now it's time for <laughs> Tweets of the Week. What do you got, Gibbs? You got something for me? I got nothing, man. I don't I, like. I, I you didn't find a tweet of the week. You said something like Habs related. That's ridiculous. Yeah, well, keep, yeah, like keep an eye out. There's like all, like, dude. It's Twitter. I didn't find anything, man. Oh man, you, you disappoint. You disappoint. Uh, okay, so I did. Let's and hear it. I thought it was hilarious. Okay, you ready for this? Brace yourself, Gibby. Um, so I seen this one guy. I don't. I'm not gonna name any names here. But I'll just tell you exactly what this guy said, okay? He, he pretty much goes on and says, if you want to fix the Habs, Molson, one, fire Bergevin and assistant GMs. Two, fire J.J. Waite, LaCroix, and coach staff in Laval. Three, trade 67 and 65 to the Rangers for McDonough and Kreider. Trade Mete, four, trade Mete for Truba. Five, wave Hemsky, Mitchell, and Morrow. Six, trade Petrie for James Neal. Seven, trade for Lucic and Chris Stewart. <laughs> are, you f- are you kidding me? How did you find that? I don't know. One, okay, I'm going to give you a list. One, how did you find that? <laughs> Two, is this guy smoking meth? Three, what? Yeah, I don't know, but I, it's, it's the truth, and it happened. No, <laughs> it's the truth that it happened. Whoever I can that show guy you. Is. I'll sh- look. I'll show you the tweet, man. I, I won't. Gotta, I'm not gonna name any names. No, I don't want to go, name I'm names. DM I'm him. telling you, these are all lies. I mean, these are all lies. <laughs> these are all not. These are not lies. <laughs> this, I can't this make tweet's so, a lie, guys. I can't make. I can't make that up. There's no way I can make that up. Yeah, no, that's that's ridiculous. That guy needs to stop. Uh, lay off the sauce. So you don't have a tweet of the week. No, I got nothing, man. No. I'm sorry. Don't just dis- don't be All disappointed. Right, well, next week, all right. Do your homework, Gibbs. Okay, I'll get two. Do your homework. Uh, okay, moving on. So, Hall of Fame week, right? Uh, who's your favorite inductee into the Hall of Fame, man, and why? Mark Recchi. Ooh, guy was a stud in his career. Ex Haber. Ex Haber. He won the Stanley Cup three different. Sorry, he won the Stanley Cup with three different teams, being Boston, Carolina, and Pittsburgh. He played for our Habit Town for four years. So that already gives him, like, the one-up. Yeah, for sure. Unfortunately, he never won a cup with us. Um, he played 1,652 games and had 577 goals and 956 assists. 200 power play goals, which all those accumulated points puts him 12th in all-time scoring in league history. He had a pretty impressive 22-year career. Mark Recchi. <laughs> <laughs> Great ending. Love it. For me, it's Paul Correa. I love Paul Correa. Yeah. I just picture him in that badass Mighty Ducks jersey. Like, that was a badass jersey. Cruising yeah. down the wing. Such a great skater. Good hands. I mean, he's definitely one of those guys that you could always notice out there. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he was a stud. He put up great numbers, and to tell you the truth, I don't think it was a hard decision. I mean, him and Timo, I think, were no-brainers for sure. I didn't really hear too much chit-chat about if they should have got in or not. Um, And, you know, there was that one game Korea got knocked out by Stevens, and he was back out there again and scored a goal, man. Like, what a (laughs) stud. Okay, it wasn't smart. It wasn't smart to go back out there, but it was impressive. And the guy looks great. He's in great shape and no sign of brain damage. I mean, <laughs> the guy's a stud. 
<laughs> no sign. That's a great. No sign of brain damage. <laughs> no so sign of it. No, like you know, <laughs> he had he had the concussions. It's no joke. I'm not gonna like. I don't want people to say, "Oh, this look at this guy making fun." It's I'm not making fun. I'm just saying back then, obviously, we weren't as informed, and we just let guys go out there. So it's not a. It wasn't a good decision, but hey, it is what it is, right? It's pro sports. And yeah, Paul Korea is my fave. Your fave. He's my five. All right. You know what time it is? It's time for Give Me a Fact. So give me a fact. Give me a fact. The Boston Bruins' name is spelt B Q S T Q N Bruins on the Stanley Cup for their 1971 1972 title. Why? Why? I don't know. It's just a typo. Someone, (laughs) maybe it's like the B. Too much champagne? The the good old. Blackberry, when the black when the A and the S stopped working, uh, turned into like Qs or something. All right, gotcha. <laughs> um, Michael Jordan makes more money from Nike annually than all of the Nike factory workers in Malaysia combined. That's so sad. It is what it is, man. And he doesn't donate back to them. No, I don't. I don't think wow. so. Ruthless. Come Major on, League, Mike. look yourself in the mirror, Mike. Come on, man. Major League Baseball umpires are required to wear black underwear while on the job in case they split their pants. So basically, when they split their pants, it doesn't show that you're, like, if the guy was wearing white underwear, like, it would show, right? <laughs> so it's all black. That's good. And here's a random that's smart. little... That's smart. Yeah, that's smart. It's not bad. Here's a random little uh, body strange fact. Your nose can remember 50,000 different scents, but if you are a woman... You are a better smeller than a man and will remain a better smeller throughout your whole life. Wow. Yeah. Very interesting. <laughs> Very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You know what time it is now. Time for the news. Okay. Um, Arturi Lekkinen out indefinitely with a lower body injury. Again, we're not sure what it is. It's a lower body injury. Tell me something I don't know. Julian says he tried playing through it, but it became unbearable. And now, because of that, the Habs have recalled Nick DeLaurier. DeLaurier. From Laval with recent news of Lekkinen's injury. Lekkinen's injury. DeLaurier has five points in 14 games with, this, with the Laval this season. With the Laval? <laughs> with the Laval Rocket? In other news regarding injuries, (laughs) with Montoya out indefinitely with a concussion, the Habs have claimed claimed anti-Niemi from the Panthers for goaltending insurance. With that news, Habs also sent down Fucali to Laval. With that being said, now (laughs) (laughs) Habs unveiled their Centennial Classic jerseys for their outdoor matchup against the Ottawa Senators December 16th. I like them. The jerseys are beauty, and the stripes on the arms, actually, uh, if you guys don't know this, they France. have... France? No, man. Oh. <laughs> Within, <laughs> in the white, they have... Um, every year, the Habs won the cup. Ooh. Yeah, it's pretty cool, I thought. I thought it was the flag of France. <laughs> That's it what will, I thought. Yeah, it's, it looks like it, right? That blue, Yeah, but right? in the white, man, come yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, okay, sorry. If you guys I'll, are I'll interested, up, go, no. on, uh, <laughs> go on Google. Google the Habs uh, Centennial jerseys, okay? Very nice. Gary Bettman and the Houston Rockets owner, Tillman Fertitta, <laughs> have Fertitta? reportedly Fertitta, same, whatever, have reportedly met to discuss a potential team in Houston. 
Batman didn't confirm nor deny the talks. He did say the NHL was not interested in relocation of any other team at this time, but was on record saying this. If Houston were to express an interest in having an NHL franchise, under the right circumstances, it's something we might want to consider. Ooh. Interesting stuff. The Houston... <laughs> Houston hogwash. Um, <laughs> next. Ezekiel Elliott has dropped his most recent appeal. No, Zeke. So no. My fantasy team is uh, Dunzo, probably. Um, yeah, so basically he appealed it. He dropped the appeal. Instead of four games, if he won the appeal, obviously. Um, but yeah, it's just six games, and he's eligible to return week 16 against Seattle. And finally, Italia. We'll miss oh. the World Cup for the first time in 60 years. Oh, no. John Luigi Buffon's last stab at another World Cup title is done. He said this would be his last World Cup. Well, you're not qualified. You're not, there's no World Cup for you, but legendary keeper. It's, uh, it's sad that we're not going to see him in the upcoming World Cup, but it's pro sports, guys. Pro sports. Yeah, I hear you. And that's it for my news. All right. Cool. Cool. Good job. Good job. Okay. So you know what time it is now, right? Weekly Sports Picks. Weekly Sports Picks. Weekly Sports Weekly Sports Picks. All right. I'm the GOAT. Man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Not a gang. Yes, sir. I can't afford this, man. I need you to start losing, bro. I can't. I don't lose. I don't. So you went 2 and 0. I went one and one, unfortunately. I chose New York Islanders to uh, beat, no, St. Louis to beat New York 4 3. Mm-hmm. They won 5 2. And then I also chose, I chose Chicago to win 5 2 against Carolina. They did win 4 3. So one and one, that puts me at seven and five on Weak. the year. You are nine and three. You're two wins ahead of me. Yeah. But I will add one thing in one of your games. You did uh, predict you at, you said that Duchesne would score. I said Sven Alfagetti would score, and he scored. Nice. So congrats, man. I should get a point for that. Do you want a <laughs> pity point? I can give you a pity point. Uh, no problem. Anyway, okay. So as you guys all know, I went two and zero because I'm the goat. Um, I chose Detroit against Calgary. I chose Calgary four three. Calgary ended up winning six three. Extra two goals. Um, Ottawa, Colorado. In Sweden on Saturday, Ottawa, I chose 4-2 to win. I was close. Ottawa won 4-3. Goddamn Colorado had to get that extra third goal. So, yeah. My new picks. You're right over there? Yeah. You're right? My new picks is Dallas versus Edmonton on Saturday. I'm taking Edmonton 3-2. Ooh. And then New Jersey versus Winnipeg on Saturday. I'm taking Winnipeg 4-2. Wow. Check it out. Okay. I'm taking Rangers versus Columbus. Mm-hmm. I believe it's on Friday, and it will be 4-2 Columbus. And I'm taking St. Louis versus Vancouver Okay. on Saturday night, 4-2 as well. Okay. St. Louis. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah, man. Hopefully so uh, go 10-0 in the last five weeks if... <laughs> You know? Well, I'm hoping you go 0-2, I go 2-0, and, and then that's it. We're, we're back up to par here. Even. You know? 
So once again, I'd like to thank Namita. Thank you very for much. Uh, being a guest. Uh, you guys should follow her. She's really funny. She's got some great tweets. Uh, she's really smart. She's at NN Stats on Twitter. All right, give her a follow. And uh, yeah, and just keep tuning in. Download our podcast on iTunes. We're making moves. Me and Gibby are on the rise. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, guys. I'll see ya. Yo, yo. You know, you